Ladies and gentlemen, one, two, three, four. Want to be better, richer, happier? Of course you do. Welcome to the Be Less Crap podcast. Let's go. A podcast devoted to helping you become a less mediocre human. With your host, very much a work in progress herself, Charlotte Sherston. Hello and welcome. My name is Charlotte and this is the Be Less Crap podcast. Uh, today's guest on the pod is the rather fabulous Kirsty Clements, who is a former editor-in-chief of Vogue Australia, a columnist at the New Daily, and a best-selling author to boot. Thank you for coming on the show today, Kirsty. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, I wanted to say congratulations. Um, Kirsty has brought out a new book, and it is called Why Did I Buy That? Fashion Mistakes and Life Lessons. And um, why did I buy that is certainly something I think resonates with most people, um, especially when it comes to online shopping for myself personally. So um, what the, the great thing about the book is it, it, it's sort of packed with life advice. And, and yes, fashion is the backdrop. And there's a lot of advice for people who, who do struggle with personal style and things like that, um, myself included. Um, but it's not just about fashion. Although my first question probably will be, because the first thing I wrote when I was prepping questions for this was just like, fashion, does it matter? Um, I've always had really mixed feelings about it, probably because I'm not innately sort of stylish. And and then on the other hand, I sort of think, oh, well, I don't care about it. And yet, strangely, I judge people very quickly on, on what they wear, because it's a very obvious way of showing people either who you are or who you aren't. And, you know, if I, if I see someone who's dressed really cool, I assume that they are cool. Um, so as, as someone who spent such, um, uh, a lot of time sort of smack bang in the middle of this industry and the glitz and the glamour and on the sidelines, what are your thoughts about fashion and, you know, how has that changed over time? Yeah, see, that's very interesting, everything that you just said, Charlotte, because even though I'm the former editor of Vogue, that's exactly what I thought about fashion too. Sometimes I loved it, you know. I mean, a lot of the time I loved it. It's some of those incredible couture shows where you're watching these flights of fancy and, you know, and and creativity and change, and it was it was amazing. And but then other times, there's just a normal woman, you know, working woman. Um, you'd be like, what is this, you know, ridiculousness that we're trying to push down people's throat? Why are people? Why do you want to waste money on that? I bought a perfectly good handbag six months ago. Why do I need a new one now? You know, all the excess that comes with it, and then finding your way through that, you know, where, where you've got to get, you have to get a grip on how you feel about yourself and your size, you know, and where you fit in the world and how, what, how you, what you're doing, you know, what, what your work is, what your profession is, um, what your budget is. There's so much confusion, which is why I wrote this book to kind of make feel people feel a little less um, con- alone in it, you know, and that we're, we're all suffering from it. And, I've never looked at someone, as you say, it is a big signifier when you see how someone is dressed. It really kind of labels them straight away and when you look at them. Um, and it, you know, and I think you've got to look into layers of that as well. But head to toe labels, is that style? Not necessarily. Is the way someone carries themselves or just, they could be just wearing a perfectly plain shirt and a pair of jeans and one piece of jewellery and you can't take your eyes off them. You know, it, it, it's got, there's something else in there, some innate style. And I think what we want to do is try and find clothes or a wardrobe that helps our innate style come out rather than throwing it all on top and not, not knowing who we are. 
that oh, I think that's it's so true. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can define ourselves and fashion is just one of, of many of them. Mm. I mean, it's so talking about fashion and also just generally sort of in terms of life. I mean, what what are the things that you think we should spend money on and, and we should invest our hard, hard earned cash on? Um, yes. What well, is worth it? In a way, it's worth spending money on a little bit extra on everything because the things you regret are the things that are cheap and nasty and that you throw away and that don't last. So I know people don't necessarily have the budget, you know, for for Gucci and for high designer labels and what have you, but I think it's about seeking out things that are really well made. So that could be a really great basket at the markets that's just very well sewn and, you know, sturdy and what have you, but actually trying to buy quality because if you buy quality, the idea now, especially with sustainable fashion and um, recycling and upcycling, is to wear try and wear things at least 30 times. You know, that's a valid piece of um, clothing or accessory in your wardrobe. So to wear something 30 times, you really are going to have to look for something that's quite high quality so that you can hand wash it and you can treat it gently and it, it's not something that's going to pill or come away at the seams or crease the minute you put it on or... Um, you know, the, the things that cheap clothes do. So what I would say is to buy less, um, a lot less, and um, and buy better as much as you can. And But I'm also not a fashion snob. I'm not saying to you, so, you know, wander off and buy everything at, in, you know, um, Prada and, and Armani. You, I know you can't. And I'm just as able to edit Kmart for you or Uniqlo as I am to edit a Gucci store. It's about finding something that really speaks to you and that you love it and you think, oh, this is so me. And then you will wear it and wear it and wear it and you'll create it. It'll end up being your own vintage piece because you love it so much rather than going to op shops. You can create your own. I love the the idea of 30 times. That really, because if you're picking up something and you're like, "Mm, am I going to buy this? Am I not? I usually kind of do the 24 hour test. Whereas if I'm still thinking about that piece of clothing, like the next day, but uh, framing it with that, like, will I actually wear this 30 times? I think it's quite a good sort of benchmark. Um, And isn't it sad the day that that piece of, whatever clothing it is that you love just eventually just dies. (laughs) You can also think about extending it because there there are going to be reasons you have to go out, say, and buy a really pretty floral dress. You know, you might be going to somebody's wedding or um, the races or a a party or whatever. And so that maybe you don't, that's not something you're going to grab from the hanger every morning that you get up. But think about ways of extending how you can wear that. So in winter, put a cardigan over it or put a leather jacket over it and put it with boots. In summer, put it with a flat sandal. In spring, put it with a sneaker, you know, and a and a you know a cotton sweater tied around. So they've just changed the piece up to wear it in different ways. What we call we used to call shop your own wardrobe, which is go in and look at the things that you've got. Maybe you think, oh God, I've worn it so much, but what's a different way? Could you add something to it? A different it's a denim shirt? Can you add diamond earrings? You know, um, it's a stripy top. Can you put it back with a floral skirt to to kind of break things up rather than a, a navy? So it's about um, thinking of ways to extend pieces. And if you're kind of stuck, if you've got a fashionable friend or somebody that you think always looks good, get them to come and look in your wardrobe. Because uh, I do that with my girlfriends all the time and go. Because they just well, see it with fresh eyes, even like, yes. you know, ideally they're super stylish, but even if they're not, they just instinctively wear it sometimes differently. Yes. And then they say, well, that looks, because I've got one girlfriend, she's got a beautiful wardrobe, but she really struggles with casual because she's always had a corporate career. 
So I go in and look at them and go, well, why don't you just grab that jacket and wear that with jeans and then put that sandal with it? And she's like, oh, because she she really, she just doesn't, can't do weekend. It's funny. I, I struggle <laughs> weekend with Weekend casual. Yeah. <laughs> well, she probably can now. She probably can now. She's been home for four months. Um, but, yeah, so it's about, I think it's a lot about, um, and buying what you love, don't be influenced by trends. I mean, unless it's a trend you love, but say, for example, I don't look good in boho. I think at a certain age, if it doesn't really, if it's not really your vibe, then I, I, don't, I don't think it's, a, you know, boho is a great investment, particularly. I think it can be really aging. And you're like me, I, um, nothing at the waist, no belts, no clinching. No, I hate that. <laughs> no, nothing at the waist. I don't like, I mean, there's plenty of things that you're just obviously going to avoid, like crop tops and unitards and platform shoes and a lot of silliness. But I think, um, I, I think it's definitely as you get older, it is important to kind of contemporise your wardrobe a little bit so you don't feel frumpy. Um, but on the reverse, you've got the licence to wear whatever you want, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you oh, the- you should see. My mother does. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to text you a photo of her, her Instagram after it. It's Not glorious. Um, yeah, it's, it's, my it's mother used to come with me to the nail salon and she'd say to the girls, Can I, do you think I could get neon like fluoro? And, you know, she was like 87 Brilliant. and they were like, knock yourself out you know they loved her I was really sweet so I definitely think but you know that's the thing too at that but that end go mad but I think there's a period between say 40 to 65 or whatever where you don't want to look older if you can help it you know you don't want to kind of you don't want to sort of look too vintage and I think that's a that's a problematic area and I kind of address I do address that in my book a lot about what's that bit between 40 and 70. Yeah when (laughs) do we just succumb to comfort entirely there's so many questions I've got Hmm. on my notes that you've sort of covered a little bit of so I'd love to dig in a little bit more um we can't really talk about fashion as you say without talking about fast fashion and sustainability and and look this isn't a new topic it's every few years there's another documentary that reminds us um mm-hmm. you know the obscene waste that um surrounds fashion and i've recently been writing some stuff around modern slavery and cotton production and, and that sort of thing so i'm really trying to do better i mean what is your advice can we shop at zara and h&m without feeling riddled with guilt I mean, is the high street store stuff okay Look, it's a, it's a budget thing, yes, but I think it's it's not about buying something every Friday. You know, it's about overconsumption. So uh, I don't buy a lot of fast fashion, to be honest, because for me, as going back to the idea of quality, I don't like, um, you know, polyesters and nylons and things like that. But um, I do have one Zara jacket. I put it the other on the other day. It's a khaki canvas. And it's got sort of um, metallic studs and things on the back. To me, it looked a bit Dries Van Noten. Um, it was $90. And I wear it all the time. It's like a, what do you call it, like a chore jacket? You know, like I, I, I've got about three or four yeah. Zara jackets that yeah. actually cost a bit more sometimes yeah. than some of their other stuff, but they last. I, I looked at it and thought, I feel like I might have worn this 30 times now, you know, I and it's because it's kind of a cool jacket. You know, you just roll the sleeves up, wear it with jeans and a white T-shirt underneath it. So, But, again, look for things that are 100% cotton or um, they do have things sometimes that are beaded or things that have, they've had made in India and what have you that are actually of a slightly better quality. Um, and you could buy that and say, well, that's an evening piece for me. I bought a little evening bag there that's definitely gone out at least 50 times that's all beaded. So, yes, but edit, 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 edit. And I would say the same to every store. Uniglo came up everything you know just narrow it down don't buy every week and don't buy on the internet you cannot feel and touch the quality and when it arrives you'll ultimately be disappointed I did it myself the other day I was furious with myself I bought a 
a raffia bag. And when it arrived, it was such terrible quality. It had leather handles, beach bag, such terrible quality. Um, and I just was like, what, what, what was I thinking? Why didn't I, why did I buy that? And why didn't I just wait so I could touch and feel it? Because uh, It's so true. I'm so bad at yeah. online shopping. It's funny yeah, because yeah. I, I tend to have a few glasses of wine and then the algorithm <laughs> on yeah. Instagram will come up. And, and I was thinking like, don't drink and buy. And so your no. book is like, why did I buy that? I've actually woken up to an email you know, confirmation. I'm like, did I buy that? <laughs> yes. well, the thing is, put them in your cart because that's you get the dopamine anyway from making this great little shopping list and go, oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. And then next morning you wake up and you look in your cart and you're like, I don't want any of that, to be honest. I can live without all of it. Oh, so, I love that. Get the I, dopamine hit. Yeah, without yeah. the spend. It's a 24 hour, a 24 hour rule or a um, 48 hour rule. Just leave it in there. I mean, sometimes if I, I go vintage antique jewelry shopping, I have absolutely nowhere near the money to buy any of it but I just enjoy looking at it learning the history of it put it in the cart then I just leave it you know often also the next day the amount of times that I've got like oh you left something in the cart let us give you 30 percent off and you Uh, think hang on that's really bitchy on the people who don't leave it overnight (laughs) (laughs) and I hate the rigmarole of sending things back I won't do it just that whole career and so think about the carbon points Think about all that wasted postage and petrol. Apparently I they mean, sometimes just throw the clothes away that get returned because it's yeah, just not worth it. it. Exactly. So I, that is, I, to me, it's a, a really, of course, we have all had to rely on that um, through, throughout the pandemic. And I don't mean to lecture people because I, I broke those rules a couple of times myself. But I, I think it's better to touch and feel and to shop locally um, and to actually, you know, make a relationship with the woman that runs the um, the, the, the local store or the, you know, I've got found a wonderful designer in Potts Point who um, has everything made and she can make them for you in fabrics. It feels really old fashioned and really lovely because you've got a relationship. She knows your body shape and what you look good in. They're not she, bullshitting. Yeah, they're going to actually tell suggest you. that you edge into something else that, you know, you'd never thought, I'll never wear that colour and she puts it on you and you go, oh, you know, so all of that kind of stuff that would have been around a long time ago, just so much more preferable to fast fashion. I'm, I'm, I'm just about to try, which I'm really nervous about, but one of these that have this dress I've had for ages and it's, 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 you know, on its last legs, it's got little tears, silk dress around the sleeve. And I'm so I'm investigating looking at beautiful material and I'm going to get someone to make... Um, you know, make a couple of copies. And I'm suddenly like, that's a whole new world for me I've never even thought of. The fact yeah, you can get a dress true. that you love in, I mean, there are some beautiful like Marnie fabrics and all these mm. designers make fabrics that are kind of affordable for someone like me who might not be able to buy that stuff, at, you know, mm-hmm. mainstream designer stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely that whole, I think, you know, a lot of the disciplines, most of the disciplines of fashion before we make, you know, is to, to mend things and to to extend things. And the way men used to shop, I have always shopped, to be honest, you know, where they would wear something and then they'd replace it, you know, like, well, I've got a white shirt, it's fraying at the collar, I'll get a new one instead of having 77 yeah. different styles of white shirts like we might, that are all going yellow under the arms, you know. So I quite like the way that practicality that men, you know, maybe it's changed a bit because they've been marketed out as much as we have now. So that sort of um, oh, God, no. no, my husband, I have to drag him reluctantly. Yes. Like he'll just go yeah. to R.M. Williams and then he starts sweating. Oh, same. <laughs> but, you know, they, they walked a lot more lightly on the planet than women have in terms of overconsumption, you know, most of them. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I guess I think that your male and female gender dressing is going to, that's kind of changing anyway. I think we're going to end up with everything in the one store. Um, if anything, if the pandemic has taught us anything, is that we, we, well, gender is quite weird the way we, we we're so slavish to what's right for women and what's right for men 
and actually how many clothes we need and what clothes, what, what is the use of clothes and what's the function of clothes? You know? I put some heels on the other day just because mm. I was trying on, like I was sorting out my wardrobe and tried to, wow, I am not, I'm so out of practice in heels. I mean, one of the things I do have a, 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 about that is kind of very lockdown relevant, but also working from home, which I've done for the last 20 years. So it's kind of standard procedure, but I know for a lot of your life, that wasn't the case. Um, like, how do we navigate working from home stylishly um, without, I wrote here, how not to turn into a frumpy yet comfortable cow? Um, like, where do we draw the line with comfort? You know, so if we are going to pop out to the shops up the road, that we sort of, you know, keep it vaguely together. Yeah, well, I mean, fashion's very much designed towards that now. In fact, I was talking to a woman who was talking about um, fashion in pregnancy and I was like, oh, God, from when I was pregnant in the 90s, it's so much different now. You know, everything has stretch in it. You know, leggings are actually separates. They're about, you know, in the, we didn't really wear leggings in the 90s. We wore matte black opaque tights. But, um, you know, so I think it's about, um we're doing a zoom chat today so you can have a nice you know a nice blouse or what have you fill up the top and smearings and um you know so that can all generally be pulled together and then you could just be wearing uh, jeans or um you know leggings with a great pair of stretch black leggings or whatever um and then if you want to pop out to the shop what we were talking about is like you could pull a blazer over the top of that um or you could pull a little trench coat over the top of that with a sneaker or a sandal. And yeah, if you change out of your sort of exercise trainers into, like, nice trainers. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or a little ballet flat or, you know, like a Marnie sandal or, um, you know, depending on how much, you know, any of that. And I think you're all, you're kind of ready to go that way anyway, a nice cotton sweater, um, you know, and the, I don't see us ever coming back from this. I think the idea of corporate dressing has changed anyway. Gone. And now, now we've introduced a pandemic working from home where people are actually going to be saying to their employers, I'll, I'll tell you which days I'll be in and which days I won't. We'll never see corporate dressing the way it, it was before, I don't think. It was funny. I saw a photo today. I don't know. It wasn't just on. I was online. And it was a, bunch, a whole bunch of solicitors women and men and they were all in black suits and I was like that's a bit funny I don't know that that needs to be a thing anymore you know yeah, that, well it's um, like in England obviously you go to the city where I grew up and everyone mm. still wears ties probably not now but you know yeah. certainly when I moved here and then you come to Australia and they, they don't wear ties unless you're in real estate or a no. lawyer and now yeah. I live in Bondi and yeah. you talk about this in the book, like people don't even wear shoes. <laughs> like shoes. <laughs> they, 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 you know, I'm talking about, should you let your bra shine? I'm like, they just wear bras. Let's face it. I mean, <laughs> it but, but having said that, I love the real estate guys in the suits and the skinny. I love the way they're representing, you know, like they're like, oh, look at you and your skinny suit and your long shoes and everything. So that's the fun bit of fashion, you know, where, and they're, they're it is, it's, it's such a club for them to do that now, isn't it? They yeah. must have seminars about it. Um, but yeah, no, the corporate dressing, I don't think we'll never, you know, unless we want to see shoulder pads in an ironic sense, come back, we're never, we're not going to really be buying I think people might dress up to go out because it's been so long that we've been deprived of being able to go out or go dancing. We recently, we were very lucky just, um, in June, just before we went into lockdown, we'd taken over the Robertson hotel down in the Southern Highlands with a a group of us. And we all, um, got everyone to dress up black tie or or really over the top. And it was just everyone just embraced it so I think yes. there's a bit of that about going out but certainly yes. not in the in the corporate arena yes yes 
I, I think so too. I went to when we had our first picnic, um, you know, double backs picnic a couple of weeks ago, and I texted the girls that were, were going and I said, I'm wearing full TV makeup and, and diamond earrings because why not? Yeah, I may see people now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about getting older. Um what are the things that you worry about less? And what are the things you sort of worry about more, do you find? What do I worry about less? Um, I don't. I don't know that I do that. I don't care what people think because I, you know, I do. I, yeah. I, I We're all care. lying when we say that. I was literally yeah, thinking that in my head. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want people to say that. It's shocking. What's happened to her? <laughs> um, I probably, you know, spend more time on making sure that I'm personally happy, like in the interior. Um, you know, I think that's an important part of getting older. But I do still, when I buy things, and clothing-wise, I look at it and go, will that age me? I do definitely look at that, you know. Um, and it's and it's funny things. Like, it's really, like, last yesterday I was like, um, three-quarter linen pants. Like, no, it's no. I don't, they're <laughs> no good. It's Short funny, like, when I was pregnant, I had, like, the worst fashion sense. Like, suddenly just stuff <laughs> where I'd be like, oh, a lilac. I don't know, linen shirt dress, which I'd never wear in my normal yeah. life. And no. I think as you get older, you yeah. can sort of, you can make some mistakes. Oh, you can. And like Peter Pan collars, floral one-piece swimsuits, they just put 20 years on you straight away. Um, yeah, like I was saying, those cut-off pants. Like I was like, no, no, if you're going to buy linen pants, they need to come down to the ankle. They need to be to your foot. They should probably be wide. It's a lot chicer. I think it's a lot about choosing the silhouettes and, um yeah, it's definitely about choosing silhouettes and make, and be, being careful with prints. Like even floral prints, which I've always loved, I find now they're quite aging. Unless they're on a black background, they get that chinoiserie look. You know, that's beautiful. You can be a bit grannyish otherwise. Print. Yeah, they look little liberty print when you're you know head in your late It's not great. Big florals can be fairy mumsy. So there are little you know, button earrings. There's just things. Um, no, I'm not saying I don't. Not saying they're rules. But I think you'd know, you'll know yourself if you put those things on you. There's lists of them in the book. And you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't know, I'm looking my best self. I think it's much more, um, Grace Coddington is a wonderful, um, you know, I think she's in her 80s now, Grace, stylist from American Vogue. And she was always about, you know, wear your basics but change it up with a really interesting shoe. And that could be like a Birkenstock or a, um, a, a cool Balenciaga sneaker or it could just be a plimsoll or a, um, but you, it might just still be a navy pantsuit, floppy pantsuit that you're wearing. But accessories, shoes of accessories, yeah. With it, you know, and make it adding when you get older that casual element. I think makes you look cooler. Yeah. So young, yeah. young it down. I love in the book you talk about, you know, some people sort of think you get to an age where you've got to stop wearing denim or like no, no more jeans no. for you, grandma. And it's no. like no, <laughs> no, opposite of you know. I think. Um, one, you could wear denim jeans and then have one a beautiful antique vintage evening jacket that you've had forever and, and a little black ballet flat when you're 90 years old. You look amazing, you know. Um, no, no, I don't, I don't believe in rules like that, but there are just elements of some elements of fashion that will increase age, particularly in that 40 to 70 bit where you don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, it's so true. But people used to, I mean, you, even I drive past these retirement homes and it goes, you know, for over 55s. You're mm. thinking, really? Or, or, you know, but some people, I also know people who are 60 who look, dress and act like they're 60 and mm. other people who look, dress and act like they're 25 so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's 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 gaping sort of chasm of difference in that 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 age group 
Yes, yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is about attitude and, and you know, like health and grooming and energy and all that sort of stuff. But there's definitely some tricks to it. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't mean grooming, it's, it's great because you, you this is I think it's a whole chapter called 24/7 upkeep because mm. nobody likes a quitter, which no. I, <laughs> I think is brilliant. I think I wrote a blog ages ago like basically grooming, how much do you have to spend not to scare people? <laughs> what would you I mean, say I, are like the essential sort of things that as you get older do make a difference in terms of grooming? Well, I mean, I'm I'm an ex-beauty editor, so I've never met a beauty product that I don't like. So obviously skincare and um and first of all, uh, sun care, so sunblock is really important. You need less, well, look, two ways. I could say you, you need, need less makeup as you get older and it's probably you don't need thick foundation. It's better to sort of have a, um, a thinner foundation or just use concealer and lots of moisturiser. It's kinder when your skin is older. But then I kind of, I can't, I'll probably do that thing when I'm 70 plus where I've got false eyelashes and the whole scenario and the, you know, the marjong tile nails and the, Red lips like Diana Vreeland. And Just the goes in a drag. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Like Diana Vreeland looked incredible with that black hair and that pink blush and all that sort of stuff and her fabulous nose. So, um, you know, I'm all for just embrace your look. I mean, if you're that rock chick that still wears a Stooges T-shirt and black eyeliner, knock it good on you. You know, when I see you, I'm going to know what kind of style of person you are and be. I'm going to go sit and talk to you because, you know, um, you seem cool. So, uh, but I think... I, I would say a good haircut. A good haircut's really important as you get older. Um, whether you go grey or not is up to cho- your choice. My hairdresser always says that it's whether you've got good hair or not. Like I don't have very thick, luxuriant hair, and he's like, I don't think you'd like being grey at this point, so we don't go. I don't. It's chic. The um, women who can carry it off look amazing, but I yeah, agree, it's not for but, everyone. And they normally have really fab hair when you look at it. You like it's thick and strong and you know and I don't have that so probably will be I'll be pushing back against that as long as possible um and then I just I guess it's just a general sense of you know just grooming I mean I I think I say in the book is you know you're getting older it's nice to have things that people can look at so I like always have that my nails painted you know a bit of color a bit of color you know in an earring or something like that but um but I think probably you know you've you've found your style at this at that point in your life about where you feel comfortable and once you're comfortable in your own skin and you've and you're healthy and you're groomed then I, I you know it's all going to work in your favor anyway well, that confidence yeah. is so attractive you can just mm. see and that's you know one of the things I, I was going to touch on but I mean everyone talks about it is, is obviously body image but I have so many friends who probably are the same size what would be considered maybe larger size some of them carry it off and look amazing and some just are yeah. hiding and, and and look uncomfortable and as a result it makes you feel uncomfortable because they yeah. look uncomfortable and it it is amazing like just to see I've got yeah. a friend she struts around literally topless sunbathing when we go on holiday in Europe she looks bagging it's, yeah. it's, it is yeah. so much attitude isn't it oh it's so much attitude and you know we have we, there have been so many messages you know directed towards us to make us feel underconfident I think the younger generation have got a better grip on it on body image for sure you know I like, hope so I hope oh, so I, I mean I, even when I was you know 12 or 13 or whatever I wouldn't wear a crop top or anybody let anybody see my stomach or whatever you know I've always mean upper arms and I've always been hung up about um, and what a waste that we're still talking, like I'm certainly still worrying about things I was when I was 18 and yet, wow, I looked amazing. What was I thinking? Yeah, but why yeah. are we still even worrying about this stuff? It does upset me. 
Yeah, I know, and I'm still the same. And I and I again, it's in the book. I, I mean, I was like what a twelve size twelve or something editing Vogue, and I'm probably about two sizes. I was probably two sizes bigger than everybody else. You know, like that world is very tiny. Um, for some reason, I managed to be quite um, objective about it. You know, I think when I was working in it, I didn't compare myself to them, but. You know, you're the like, boss. Well, yeah, I'm the boss. And it's like, well, you know, you're the model. It's not, I don't expect, I, you know, but I don't know that those messages, not everybody feels that confident, you know. Um, so it is an ongoing problem. And, uh, so, again, it's about by choosing better pieces and make, and buying things that really fit you well and that you feel comfortable in, I think that that's a, a less a pressure taken out of your life because it's normal for us to feel like that. We all do, you know, we're always told and look and look at the plastic surgery messages we're getting now. You know, it's Oh, you're like me. I hate the Kardashian thing. I don't want to have a huge ass and complicated nails, you know? No, I I I liked the fact when they came on the scene that they were really representing for that sort of um curvy brunette, that kind of Persian community. Like, you know, they they had been underrepresented in that sort of skinny blonde regular um, model sense. So I did like that, but then, you know, the more it turned into just morphing your body and and morphing your face in a really early age and all this over overblown. You said it, it's stuff. quite aging when you see it on some of these younger girls. It's confusing because you often look at someone. I would look at someone now because it's a fashion now, really, to change your face. I look at them now and I'm like, I don't know if you're fifty or twenty or thirty because you just. Or you all look about the same. You don't look younger. It doesn't make you look younger to have the trout pout. It doesn't make you look younger to have those big cheeks filled and cat's eyes. You don't look younger. You look like you've joined the same club. Yeah. And that club could be, it's really hard to say, say what age it is, you know. And there's that sad story of Linda Evangelista, the, the supermodel at the moment, who's had some work that's apparently been really quite disfiguring. And I'm sure she felt the pressure more than anybody of uh, being an ageing Oh, I've read about that treatment that she had. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I've researched it. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that sounds really easy, and it sounds very uncomplicated. And and I I kind of think it's good that she's given it some exposure to the yes. fact that it, it can happen to anyone. I mean, there yes. was, you know, yeah. You don't go into <laughs> surgery lightly, and also the no. the Botox thing. Yeah. Is, Somewhere I read that women come into their, like, how they should really look, like they grow into their whole face in their 30s. And if you start having Botox around 20, 25, these girls are, so they won't get anything, Mm. it's almost like you're not going to see what you you really were Mm. ever going to look like. Does that make Mm. sense? Yes, that's true. And I think, like, like noses, like, apparently you get the nose that is right for your face. But, you know, I love when, you know, I was talking about Diana Vreeland, that really incredibly strong nose. Like I've always loved really, you know, strength in a face and, um, and you know, as you say, having your own features. But, of course, we're all privy to the thing when you get into your 50s and you're like, oh, my God, my eyes are disappearing. You know, my lids are coming down and, you know, I'm getting jowls and, you know. and it Oh, the neck. So oh. That. I mean, that's a big thing to put. You know, Do you think if I'd in. started earlier with neck cream, like would that work as from nah, a beauty perspective? No, or it no, wouldn't, I, no I, I, it's okay. mass muscle. It just it just separates over time. So no, I'm afraid not. Okay, well that makes me um, feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing that's anti aging is sun care. Yeah, really. Which I yeah. also came. Thankfully, being English, so I grew up. The first twenty years having avoided it has been helpful. Yes. but I, you know, I, I do like the sun. Yes. Um, right, we're really nearly going to wrap up. I have a couple of just fast questions that I'll, I wanted to shoot at you. Um, okay, so what's 
the one thing that's cost less than a hundred dollars that's had sort of the most impact on your life recently? Sorry, you were sorry. You were just. Um, oh, sorry, did cut out there. Yeah. So, yeah. what's the one thing that costs less than a hundred dollars um, that's mm-hmm. had the most impact on your life recently? Like, for instance, I bought some earplugs, and now I can't hear my husband snoring. Life changing. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I bought a, a denim, big denim Uniqlo shirt in dark denim for I think it was forty nine dollars, and I've probably worn it fifty times already. I find it quite intimidating, Uniqlo. Like, I think it's brilliant, but I go in there and I don't know what to do. Like, there's rows and rows. Yes, they have the Jill Sander for Uniqlo collections that come out and they're amazing. You can just tick every box. Um, But it's just one of those solution pieces that I've just worn every day. It seems to be the right temperature for everything. It's just, I love it. It's just one of my wardrobe essentials now. And I'm going to say I bought, like, some lavender um, spray for sleep because it's all been a bit weird, hasn't it, during the pandemic? And just to kind of relax at night and spray the pillows and put it on your thing. And that was only like, I don't know, $20. And that's that just I get into bed and go, oh, everything's okay with the world. It also sort of reminds you it's like a habit. Like, okay, this <laughs> means it's sleep time. Sleep time. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say those two things. Yes. Set that, a denim shirt and some lavender. Okay. And what's oil. the stupidest thing you've ever spent your money on, do you think? Oh, <laughs> done it this. I've, I've done it five times this month I'm very annoyed about that um the stupidest thing I've ever bought I think uh they're actually on the cover of the book those pink satin sandals they were Saint Laurent sandals Tom Ford uh, they cost like I don't know two weeks pay and I couldn't they were that high you couldn't walk in them they're too young for me too to be and honest anything you have to probably, wrap around your ankle I always think I'm gonna well, trip on it it just kept getting undone coming undone and they're too high and they're hot pink satin I'm like these are like little girl shoes. these are idiot shoes and I'm a 40 whatever I was nine-year-old woman and these are stupid <laughs> so um and I think they I don't think I think I wore them once they kept unraveling and I'm like okay and that's why like, that's why they're on the cover of the I book. love that I didn't realize that because I know you, you mentioned them but I didn't relate that to the cover what one thing I, I didn't know that I read in the book was that you were saying that you know people are obsessed with either shoes or bags but the designer shoes are not necessarily an investment piece like a great blazer might be or or, or, yeah. or something like that can you just explain that because I thought that was something that a lot of people might not know especially women who love their shoes yes well shoes don't really keep very well the handbags keep if you polish them and you know um you know keep them in cloth bags and things like that you buy an investment handbag you'll have that in 30 years time but shoes just naturally if you wear them will mildew and buckle and this, you know, the fabric, if they're fabric, they'll just stain. If it's leather, they'll crack. They, they just don't really last that long. So a better investment is to buy less shoes, buy one really great pair of seasonal shoe and wear it out. Like just wear it to bits. Like if, you know, if, if it's a I literally shoe, do that shoe. every year. I buy a, yeah, a couple and of sandals and then you I throw like, them away. This is on-trend sandals. So your white shirt and your jeans are going to look great. The, the sandals on trend, wear it out. Um, I wouldn't even bother to resold them, to be honest, because by the time they need to be resold, the the actual um, the shoe itself lost probably it, yeah. isn't in great nick anyway. Um, so no, they're not an investment. You they're heard not. it here first. Do not buy overpriced, expensive designer shoes if you're expecting them to last forever. No, um, one pair. <laughs> uh, 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 two more questions. So should hmm. should we try and change the way our partner dresses? Oh, you could be subtle, I suppose. 
<laughs> We've all done it. I mean, if you if your partner was really terribly dressed, I'm not quite sure whether you should be with that partner. I mean, if they really look frightful. I did I did it earlier on. I was such a Nazi with my children. They weren't allowed to wear anything that had Disney or that had any na- names or numbers or little animals or characters. Everything had to be, I was living in Paris at the time, so I was getting, being a complete snob. Everything had to be, ba- you know, beige or grey. Are they stylish now? Yes. <laughs> yes. They buy a lot of vintage, but um, there's some irony thing that the kids do now. But, um, yeah, so, but I think you can't really change a person. You have to appreciate how they dress. Yeah. Um, and the last question I had, just because I've actually started, I'm always really organised for Christmas. Like I love buying good presents. So is there anything, like what advice would you give about like choosing good Christmas presents? I mean, I guess, again, without the, the waste, I hate all that tat and stupid stuff. But is there yeah. any advice you've come across about how to really give good gift? I, I, I do think more, more than ever it's about shopping locally. And I think... For me, it's those things that give people comfort because it's really hard to, to even if you know a person very well, it's, it's quite hard to work out their taste, I think. So, and I I think comfort, we've had a pretty traumatic two years, you know, so just really things like beautiful um, preserves or scented candles or lavender oils or throw rugs or fresh flowers delivered for a month or things that are, that are kind of going to make you feel cocooned and nice and I don't know that you could really go wrong with that. You know, that things that are very tactile and even as beautiful serum to make your skin glow, things that just you go, oh, you know. Um, yeah, and I always think something like yeah. a little bit luxurious that maybe I wouldn't buy for myself. I'd go, oh, that's a little bit in- yeah, indulgent. Yeah, or a beautiful teacup, like a porcelain teacup, you know. Um, the great Joan Collins, I, like, I read this quote from her once and I just loved it because somebody asked her about her favourite things and she said, well, I'm getting old now, so it's all those creature comforts like candles, fresh flowers, th- cashmere throw rugs. And I was like, oh, go, Joan, because I completely agree with you. Like those sort of things really, you do they feel very luxurious because comfort is luxury. So I, I have bought myself yeah. a, a bunch of flowers every week that we've been in lockdown. And, yes, yes. it's frivolous, but, wow, it just it makes me feel happy when I come yeah. into the living room. So I, yeah. I 100% agree. Thank you for all your advice today, Kirsty. You've been Thanks. brilliant. Um, I love that we've Thanks covered everything from, like, fast fashion to, you know, body image. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what's great about the book. So, um you should, obviously, a really good Christmas gift would be to buy Kirsty's book. Yeah, my book. Yeah, go, <laughs> go plug it. Um, so, yeah, you won't be saying, "Why did I buy that?" You'll be going, "Thank goodness I bought that." Um, it, 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 but what's great is it really sort of yes, it's it's good for people who you know might need some fashion help, but it's it, it's great for all different age groups. So it's something you could buy for your mum or your sister or your girlfriend, and it looks stylish on your bookshelf. So um, I really appreciate you coming in today. And um, I also appreciate everyone who tunes in to listen to the podcast. Couldn't do it without you. Um, Please uh, send us some five-star love if you've enjoyed the episode. Appreciate it. Over and out. That's all the time we have. This podcast is brought to you by the fine people, well, me, at thinrichhappy.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe. Or if you really enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, which will help other people find the podcast. For extra podcast goodies, you can visit BeLessCrap.com.